Welcome to the Connect Community Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you're ever in our area, come see us in person. We hope today's message inspires you and helps you live better. Today we're closing our series, This Is Not the End. And what originated this series, the thought about this series, is that there's so much happening in the world today that can take us to that mindset, that apocalyptic mindset of, my gosh, like, is, is this the end? Is thing, are things just coming to an end? Is this the, the end of it all? Or maybe you're facing something particular in your life that you don't have the answer for. You don't know the solution. You feel like powerless facing it. And you suffer through it, and you might think, gosh, is, is this my end? Is this... And the end doesn't necessarily mean that you, you will cease to exist, but it means, is it the end of my career? Is it my ceiling? And have I met my max, right? Have I, am I going to be able to overcome this, this uh, emotional load that I have? Am I going to be able to overcome this regret that I have or this past... Uh, experience and trauma that I have. And so we've been working through a passage of Scripture that talks about uh, the, the process of suffering. But today I want to title my message, I'm titling my message if you're taking notes, The Guarantee. Because I want to talk about the last piece of this entire process, which is really the fundamental piece that we, you and I need to understand. So this will be a message. We're going to go through several scriptures, and it will be a message uh, that we're going to just s- s- explain. I don't want to say the mechanics of it, but really the, the structure, the theological structure of, uh, of what we just shared in the past four weeks. How many of you like having a guarantee? I feel like everyone enjoys a guarantee, right? It's almost a human instinct to desire a guarantee. And I don't know if you thought about it, but so many of our customs, so many of our process uh, call for a guarantee, require a guarantee. I don't know if you feel that way when you're invited to a party, for example, or somewhere you need to go. Uh, How many of you feel like you need a guarantee when you go to a party or an event? It's okay. You can be shy. You don't want to out yourself. I'll be the first one to raise my hand. I need the guarantee that I'm going to have a good time. I need to know who's going to be there, what this is about. I need to know if I'm going to connect to the purpose of that party. I need to know if that event is going to speak to me. I need to know if, if it's going to be worth my time because I'm at a point in my life, I'm not old, but I'm seizing the time. I don't have time to waste. I'm at a point in my life where, you know, I, I don't have two or, three hour, two or three hours to just go spend on anything. I want to know if that time is going to be useful. It's going to be good. It's going to be pleasant. Now, we have, we have several parts, types of guarantees. When you buy something expensive, like a vehicle or a piece of electronic, a television or anything, it comes with a warranty, Right? You want the warranty, you want to make sure it has a warranty, and the, the warranty is a type of guarantee. The manufacturer is saying, hey, we back this up. If you buy this, if you purchase this, we're backing it up and we're guaranteeing, we give you a warranty and we let you know that if, if anything is wrong with this, you can bring it back and we'll replace it. 
The same is true uh, with insurance companies. Insurance is a type of guarantee. They don't guarantee that you're going to be healthy, but they guarantee that you're going to be able to pay your bills, health insurance, right? A, a car insurance, same thing. They don't guarantee that you're not going to get in an accident, but if you do get in an accident, that cost is going to be covered. And so it's a type of guarantee. Insurance is a type of guarantee as well. Another type of guarantee that we don't, we don't necessarily talk about it that way anymore, it's a wedding ring, right? A wedding ring, I don't know if you, uh, you know this. A wedding ring is a guarantee. It's the man coming to the more sophisticated human person saying, I know you're going to keep your end of the bargain. But I'm going to guarantee that I'm going to keep my end of the bargain. And I'm going to give you this very nice, expensive piece of diamond that represents, it's a small fraction of what I think our relationship is worth. And I'm giving it to you as a promise that I will be here till the day of our wedding. And I will say I do and I'll, I'm committed to you. And if I break this promise, you get to keep the diamond. Yes. Don't ask for it back. Don't do it. You get to keep it. It's my guarantee that I will not cause you pain and suffering. Now, if the lady causes pain and suffering, then there's a... I don't know what the solution is for that. We like guarantees. Now, like I said, we spent the last four Sundays encouraging you to have endurance, encouraging you to develop a proven character, to grow in the Lord. So that you can have an undying hope. And last week we talked about letting go of shame. Letting go of some of those things that, that grasp your heart and keep you from moving forward. So let's go back to our key passage for this series. Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 5 or verses 5 through 8. No, it is verses 1 through 5. Uh, say this. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we, also, we have also obtained access by faith into His grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. See, what Paul is essentially saying and teaching us in this passage is that it, what we have been talking about is only possible. Suffering that produces endurance, that produces character, that produces hope, that does not put us to shame, is only possible because God's love has been poured into our, heart, into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. See, the thing that's going to get you through, the thing that guarantees that this is not the end, is not your performance, it's not your fitness level. It's not your diet. It's not your socioeconomic status. It's not your circle, the people you hang out with. Your suffering, producing endurance always, all the time, is not based on your capacity to handle stress. 
the assurance that you have that endurance will develop into proven character, dokime, and that character will bring that undying hope, and that hope will not be disappointing, comes from God's love, from you clinging and receiving God's love. So how do you receive God's love? Paul teaches us we do it through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. So there's a few things that I want us to learn about the Holy Spirit today. Three things we're going to learn about the Holy Spirit. First thing I need you to, need you to, need you to know and, and write down in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. And if you're taking notes, you can write it down too. If you, can, you can also do the fill in the blanks in our app. Is this. The Holy Spirit is a gift to you. So say, the Holy Spirit is a gift to me. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is a gift to you. Let's look at the words of Jesus, chapter 14 of the book of John. He said this, Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the, whole, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus is promising here that the Holy Spirit, he's not leaving us alone, that the Holy Spirit will be with us. So Jesus, in other words, is saying, if you care for me, if you love me, you will live the kind of life that I have prescribed for you. You will make choices that align with my heart. You will live the life that I have designed for you. And if you do, if you follow me, the Father will give you the spirit of truth that will live in your heart. But remember, you can't see or receive the spirit of God unless you follow Jesus first. Unless you live by my commandments. Unless you live by my commandments in your daily walk. Unless you live by my commandments in how you treat others. And how you relate to others. And how you see the world and engage with the world. That's why Jesus said in verse 6 of that same chapter. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. And no one goes to the Father except through me. You can't receive the Holy Spirit before you say yes to Jesus. You can't receive the gift that is the Holy Spirit before you follow the way. So it goes like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus was the first gift. And Jesus came, lived as us, tempted in the flesh, suffered our, our pain, went to the cross for our sins, conquered death for us. He died our death. The, the death that sin brings, Jesus died that death while we were sinners so that we could have life in him. Now, can sin still bring death? Of course. Every day, Scripture says that the wages of sin is death. So sin continues to kill. Sin kills. Sin kills marriages. Sin, sin, sin kills dreams. It kills careers. It kills potential kills relationships. But the reason why this is not the end, 
The reason why we can say it and we can declare it and I can encourage you, encourage your spirit, is because Jesus conquered sin. And He's the way out of sin. And the way we conquer sin is by living His life. The way we conquer sin is by following Him. And how do we do that? We choose to follow His way, commit to Him, and we do that by the Holy Spirit. He's the gift of God to those who decide to follow Jesus. So we don't have to rely on hearsay. We don't have to rely on witness accounts. We don't have to rely on someone else's experience of God. We can hear from God today. The Holy Spirit is God with us, moving in us, present in our lives, leading us to live like Jesus. So when you come into a room like this and you hear the worship team singing and people around you singing and you, and you just feel God's presence, it's undeniable. You sense His presence. That's the Holy Spirit present in us, moving among us. The second thing I want you to know today, first is the Holy Spirit is God's gift to me. Second one is the Holy Spirit is God's voice to me. Can you say that? The Holy Spirit is God's voice to me. Yes. How can God guarantee that we will not be disappointed? Like this, because if we walk by the Spirit, if we hear the voice of the Spirit, then He will guide us and we will not be disappointed. For many of you, your past regrets are tied to decisions you made apart from God. Decisions you made without God's direction. Decisions you made following desires that you later found out or discovered that they were not pure and they, were not, they didn't lead you to the right place. Maybe you even prayed about it, whether you're a religious person or not. You know, you prayed about it because you grew up in church or you prayed about it because, you know, if there is a God, one of those, right? If there is a God, please help me with this one. Please help me, Lord. You, you might have even wanted God's blessing in your life. But you had already made up your mind on what you wanted and how you wanted things to unfold. See, you wanted the wrong kind of guarantee. You wanted your religious posturing. I'm gonna, I really want this to happen. So for the next three weeks, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to pray the prayer. I'm not going to drink any alcohol. I'm not going to swear. Unless somebody cuts me off in traffic, but I'm going to try not to swear. I'm going to do all the right things. Because if I do all the right things... God from this distant and mighty throne might look at me and say, yes, I'll give whatever you want, son, daughter. You wanted the guarantee, but not the guarantee Jesus provided. You wanted God's, God to guarantee your decision, God to guarantee your judgment, God to guarantee your vision, your desire, your will. And that's backwards. And then when it didn't work, you went through this conflict, the existential conflict. And you're like, it, it doesn't work. Religion doesn't work. God doesn't work. It's just wishful thinking. It's just trying to grasp at straws. Well, no. Actually, what happened is that your decision was wrong. Your judgment was flawed. 
Your value was short-sighted, and you wanted God to serve your vision, not the other way around. So that's why Jesus says, follow me. Follow me, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. You wanted a guarantee of the Holy Spirit without the Lordship of Jesus, and that's, that's, that's backwards. God cannot guarantee our own desires. He guarantees His will for your life, which is better than what you could ever desire for your life. The words of Jesus in chapter 16 of John, verse 12, says this, I still have many things to say to you, He's talking to His disciples, but you cannot bear them now. This is before His death. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Now listen to this. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, and he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Three, three times Jesus says, declare. Meaning that the Holy Spirit will speak to you. I don't mean that he was speaking an audible voice, physical voice, but, but we have spiritual ears in our heart. And the Holy Spirit will speak to you. That's God's voice. Jesus is promising that if we follow him and if we seek him, we have the Holy Spirit's guidance. One of my favorite games to play in the summer is Marco Polo. I have three daughters, and uh, this past summer we played a lot, whether in the pool or at the beach. We like to play Marco Polo. Now, you know the game. You know, somebody is basically playing, it's basically playing tag in the water blindfolded, right? Because you have to close your eyes and can't look, got to be honest. And you're in the water, and you are trying to tag somebody, and the person who's tagging has to say Marco, and the, the other person has to say Marco, Marco, and all you have going for you is trying to identify where the sound will lead you. Right? Now, they can move around. You're trying to, you know, find them. Some people, that's how their prayer life is. That's how their relationship with God is. They have a real Marco Polo relationship with God. Tro going through life blindfolded, having no idea of what's coming. Having no idea of what's going on. Listen, Jesus said, He will tell you what is to come. The Holy Spirit will tell you what is to come. He, he will speak to you. But sometimes we can come to God and go like, God, Marco! Marco, Lord! And all we want is a little, a little sign of where we're supposed to go because we have no direction. We have no idea where to go next, what to do next. And we come to God just like, and then we hear a little noise over here. We run over there and then go, oh man, that wasn't it. And that just repeats itself. Let me, let me encourage you to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit because following Jesus is not an enigma. Following Jesus is not a mystery. A relationship with God is not supposed to be a guessing game. It's not this mystical, spiritual thing that you don't know what's happening or when it's happening, but it's just going to, you know, uh, possess you whenever, you know, it, 
whenever you're ready, I guess. No. It is a consistent relationship where God guides you through your spirit and you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit at every important juncture, at every important moment. The Holy Spirit is there to guide you, to move in your life, to give you the assurance of God's presence and where you need to go. The Holy Spirit is God's voice to you. He guides us in truth. He speaks in our spirit. He reveals the hidden things of God. Listen to this passage in Romans chapter 8, verse 5 through 9. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the thing of the, on the, the, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to, the God, to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, talking about us, you are not in the flesh, but in the, in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. Now, what is Paul sharing with the church in, in Rome here? He's saying that, Living in the Spirit is a mindset. That's your part. you got to get your mind and get your train of thought. Train your mind to hear from the Spirit. Train your spiritual ears to hear from God. You know, we have uh, several moments in our lives, important moments in our lives, where that's, that was our number one quest. I remember when I was a single young buck. I'm still young. But I was a teenager. My dad was a pastor. Um, I was growing up in Brazil. And I, I knew I, I had been exposed enough to enough relationships that failed, enough people in ministry. I had a strong call of God in my life. I knew that this was kind of like, I didn't know we were going to end up here in Connecticut. But uh, I knew that this was kind of the sort of the, the, the path for me in a church environment, in, in a spiritual uh, context. And I had this conviction that if you're going to go all in for anything in life, right, you either marry before that starts or you go all in and then after it's established, you kind of tag along with somebody that will buy into your vision, I guess. Um, and I just had a conviction that I was going to get married early. Um, and we were going to build something together. And so I was 16 years old praying for a wife. Yeah. I was like, God, I, I it didn't, didn't mean that I wanted to marry back then. Okay. I wasn't like, I really want to get married today. No. But I was like, I don't, I don't want to go through serial dating. Like, I really don't want to do that. I want to I find my wife. So I would pray and ask God, God, you lead me to my wife. And you lead her to me, and let's get it on. <laughs> you heard the song, didn't you, in your head? You did, yeah. And so my dad had this story uh, with his life that my grandpa, my, my mom's dad, 
approached my dad and said, hey, my daughter Esther really likes you. And my grandpa was this big personality, bigger than life. He would never do that. He pastored like several churches. And so everybody looked, this is back like in those militant days where pastors were revered for their, you know, authority. And so my dad, <laughs> so my dad was shocked that he was approached, but it was such a sense of peace. And, and, uh, and I prayed a bold prayer to the Lord. I said, Lord, I want you to honor my desire and do what for me what you did for my dad. I want my father-in-law to approach me. Yeah. I heard one, aw. And I feel like, and a few people like, what, what did you do? <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. My father-in-law put me in a car one day before Alini and I were even dating. And he took me to the beach. And I thought, he's either going to pull out a gun. <laughs> this is either going to be really good or really bad. And he just started talking to me in, in, in a way that made me understand what was going on. And that was just a confirmation. And I felt, you know, the stamp of the Holy Spirit. And obviously, I mean, I didn't have to look twice at Alini or have three conversations with her to be smitten. But uh, he had the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And, and that assurance, you know, was, was part of that decision. And I've, we've been married for 20 years now. I have four kids. Maybe a fifth. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I can tell you that every step of the way, we've taken that principle. Even moving to Connecticut. <laughs> Even moving to Connecticut uh, was such thing because we were uh, in Texas living well had a circle of friends and had been there for a long time it takes a long time to make old friends have you experienced that some of you you've had to move here and you're not from here it takes a while and let me tell you if you just moved here give it time year two is the hardest we've done this a couple times year two is the hardest because you're at a place where people back home are moving on without you and you're not fully connected here to the locals. So you don't feel like a local here, and you're starting to lose your place at home. And that's when you get anxiety, and you go like, should I go back? Because I don't want to lose that. I don't have anything here. Just hang on. Get plugged in, right? Develop friendships. And we went through that process. And we had been there for 10 years. And now we're having babies. We had our first daughter. And all of our friends on staff at church are having babies too. 16 babies were born on the same day, on the same year, on the same day, same year. And we were like, this is going to be amazing. Our daughter's going to grow up with all these friends. It's ideal. They go to church together. They go to preschool at church together. It's going to be great. And then the Lord just, I, uh, how about you move to Connecticut to plant a church? Like, wow, it's, it's a lot to give up. And so my first prayer was, Lord, if this is your will, you got to speak to my wife. I'm not going to make that decision for both of us. You have to talk to her. Because I can trust that the Holy Spirit is God's voice in my life, and the Holy Spirit is God's voice in her life. And if you're married and you serve the Lord together, let me encourage you to do that. Every decision that God puts in your heart, say, Holy Spirit, if this is you, if this is your will for me, it's your will for my wife as well, because our life is, we're one in you. 
Speak to her. We're going to pray together. Yeah, I'm not going to manipulate her. I'm not going to try to convince her. I'm not going to do that because what? At the first point of tension, if we make this move, she's going to look to me and I won't have any answers. I need her to look to you and wrestle with you. And the Holy Spirit spoke to her. And it's a long story, but that happened. And the second thing we asked, we said, God, if, if you... If you want us to come, I want you to speak to, my, to our leaders at church. And the Holy Spirit did that. And we also need some cash. Because you got to plant a church in Connecticut where churches are closing down. And it's very expensive to do everything. And we were, we were partnered with an organization that said, if you, we, we're going to match up to $50,000 of whatever you raise. I was like, all right, I got to raise $50,000 to get the matching fund. Then we have $100,000 to buy all the equipment, get everything that we need, and marketing and all of that, and launch the church. Great. And our church that we worked for, they called us in a room one day and said, we want to send you with the seed. It's, an, an, it's going to be given to you in a way of a severance. We're giving you $50,000 exactly what we needed and so we applied that money that they gave us toward the church that was God's confirming that was God's voice speaking to them God spoke to them so that we could get this church started so you're here by God's plan because God has spoken to a lot of people so that you could be here so God the Holy Spirit he works that way he guides us in every step of the way and he has done that for our lives I knew the will of God for my life and for my family. I had a conviction of it. I knew the will of God. And it's so, it brings you such peace when you know the will of God. Now why, how did I know the will of God? Why was that? Is it because I'm a pastor? Or as Dan called me this morning, the angel of the house of the Lord? Jesus. Right? Is it because I'm a man of the cloth? No, it's not because I'm a holy man. It's because it, it has been for me, for my wife, and for my family, a daily mindset, a daily mindset, God, your will be done in my life. I'm not coming to God with my will. I give him my wishes, my desires, but God, what's your will? Am I living in your will? Am I, am I hearing you right? So you got to develop that trust to God's voice, trusting His will for your life as well. Number three, and the last one, it's a simple one. The Holy Spirit is God's guarantee for me. Say that. The Holy Spirit is God's guarantee for me. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14 say this. In Him you also, when you heard the word of, the, uh, the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, and believed in Him, talking about Jesus, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of your inheritance until we acquire possession of it. Now, this is a huge, huge idea. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee of your inheritance until you acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. A guarantee of what? 
What is your inheritance? As a son, as a daughter of God, your inheritance is eternal life. A life beyond this material life. A life that you know exists in your soul. You might not have the proof of it when you go, because no, none of us has gone beyond the veil, right? None of us has died and come back except for Jesus. But because Jesus did, he left us with a guarantee. What's the guarantee? It's the life of the Holy Spirit. And all of those who have the life of the Holy Spirit on the inside have this assurance that life is not just this. It can't be. It can't be that when this body ceases to exist, it's all done. Life eternal is the guarantee. So what does that mean? How does that actually work out in your life? It's basically Jesus saying, listen, you will suffer in the world for a while. You'll have tribulations. You'll have fights. You'll have divisions. If you believe in me, you might have to stand alone for a little bit. Why? Because people might not understand it. Your parents might disown you. Your friends might leave you. You might be really ridiculed and persecuted. Why? Because parents are not always right. Friends are not always right. And the right choice is not always the popular choice. Because people can be messed up. So once Christ revealed himself to you, and he revealed his way of life, and you embraced it, you might face some resistance and some trials. But he said, I don't want you to trust me blind about this life that I came to bring. I don't want you to think that it's just suffering. I don't want you to think that it's just trials and just tribulations. That's part of the world. That's part of the broken world. I want to introduce you to you. I want to introduce to you a new reality. And this new reality can be tapped in by the Holy Spirit. I want to show you heaven on earth, a slice of heaven, a piece of heaven that you can have while you're still in this decaying body, a piece of the heaven reality, the heavenly reality while you're still living in the world. Have you ever gone to a restaurant and they give you an appetizer of about what, about, what is about to come? They give you a little sample of what you're about to have. Like, like a little taste of the wine. Or if you've ever been to one of our men's group at Dan's house, I went to one. And I'll tell you, the first thing you're going to get is a piece of steak. And it's a little, a little, well, he has garlic bread for the vegans too. And there's a little, it's a little taste of what's to come. And the moment you, you taste it, you, you're staying. You're not going anywhere. Because you're going to have some good steak at Dan's house. So be friends with him because he'll invite you over for dinner. That's all I'm saying. Jesus is saying, listen, I'm going to give you a guarantee of what's to come. That means you're going to have a window into the heavenly realm and, and you're going to be able to claim heavenly things into your, into your reality. And this guarantee is not worldly riches. It's not fame. It's not anything that will satisfy your flesh or your worldly desires. This guarantee, this guarantee is not about your cravings. It's not about you, what you want out of this world. This guarantee is a person. It's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit. That the Father will reveal to you. And everything He gives is from the Father. Everything He shares with you comes from heaven. I'm leaving you with the Holy Spirit of God. 
And so you will have his presence and you will have the presence of God in you. The sweet, strong, real presence of God that can guide you, that can lead you, that can show you the way every moment of your life. The presence of God, the Holy Spirit, is a taste of life eternal. That's why we say that you can claim healing because there's no disease in heaven. That's why we say that you can claim peace because there's no sorrow in heaven. Amen. That's why we say that you can claim the life abundant that Jesus has for you. Because that's what heaven has to offer. Does it mean that you will have no tribulation and no problems on earth? No, you're still on earth. But you get to experience heaven right here. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, O Lord. We're not fully delivered from the world until we leave this world. We're still in the world, wrestling with our broken world, living in the flesh. But we have this part of eternity with us, transforming us, healing us from traumas, bringing us a new life, a new creation in Christ. Because the Holy Spirit has been given to us. You're not alone. You are not alone. But let me remind you that your suffering is not the end. You can have joy in suffering. That you can have a proven character if you follow Jesus. That you can develop an undying hope and hope against all odds. That you can let go of burden of the burden of shame like we spoke last week. And that you can receive the guarantee of the Holy Spirit. So take heart. Receive the Holy Spirit. Know that the Holy Spirit is God's gift to you. That the Holy Spirit is God's voice to you. And that the Holy Spirit is God's guarantee to you. And if you live by the Holy Spirit, you experience the presence of God leading you and guiding you like never before. And you will reach the life that God has for you. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you have a prayer request, a question about faith, or would like to find out more information, visit us at connectcommunity.org. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.